Lux Ops here podcast with Scott Bowser is brought to you by mybookie.ag. That's right, mybookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 100% deposit bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. Get in on the action, especially with the holidays coming up. Stay away from your family by being a gambler. Enjoy their online casino, full race and horsebook, and everything else to go with it. It's mybookie.ag, promo code LSH for a 100% bonus. And speaking of 100% bonuses, I got the man with me today. He is the Oak, the, the, wait, hold on, the Wolf of Oakland. Everybody, I'm pretty high. I just smoked the fucking fat rip. So, uh, Chase Sessoms. Chase, how you doing, buddy? I'm not as good as you, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I was hitting my dab pen right before here, and I just kind of, you know, like, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this is doing nothing to me. And then a couple minutes later, it's like, oh, shit, I'm fucking right. ripped. <laughs> the good old the good old fashioned sneak up. Yeah. Like when you I've always felt like when you come in from like when you're out in the cold and then come in and like sit down in the warm, that's when it just hits you like a train. Yeah, yeah. Now that you're now you're cold. Right. That's how it is for me when I get drunk too sometimes. Where like I'll be sitting at the bar just knocking them back for a while. And then it's not until I go get up to go somewhere to another location, that's when I feel drunk. It's I mean secondary locations are just really just like no no good no matter how you, you apply them. <laughs> you never know, follow someone to a secondary to a second location. Never you know. Good friend of the show Mike Burns has a very good opinion on this about like going somewhere else to party. Like let's say you're at a bar and it's like midnight and people are like looking to go somewhere else, but someone else is like, "Hey, I got a ride home for you. Take the ride home." Nothing good is going to come out of this. Nothing good ever happens at a second location. No. So just, dude, just take the ride home. Dude, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to, everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to miss out on the hot babe that's going to bang everybody. No, that's not going to happen. It's, nope. not, it's not going to fucking happen. But, dude, uh, I just was in Laughlin this weekend, Laughlin, Nevada, for those unfamiliar, down at the Colorado River. And boy, oh boy, was it a D-Gen time, buddy. Like, and you were messaging with me for a good chunk of the Saturday there. We were taking the same horses together. Did all right, actually. Um, yeah, and, but from what you're saying, Laughlin is now my new favorite place ever that I've never actually been to. It is incredible. I would say it's the Atlantic City of Nevada because you got the, yes. the river walk. It's just scuzzy enough. It's right there on the Arizona border. Um, one thing that about that that kind of bummed me out this week was my uh, what you call it? Um, my sport, my Nevada sports apps, the ones I use the most, the Boyd and William Hill, wouldn't work down there because I was basically on the state line. So, like, well, I mean, I had plenty of cash for the sports book. I was, and I'm a smart guy, so I put, I maxed, I took everything I had in the one account, put it all in college football that day, and during the day, I just kept refreshing it, and I was just piling up more and more cash all day i basically doubled the <laughs> money i had in there it was pretty awesome dude hit a couple nice money line plays there with like colorado or uh yeah who was i can't even remember now i was fucking hammered <laughs> 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 but like so, dude friday night i went to this uh so i got there friday i left friday work a little early in the afternoon got down there because i wanted to get down there before it got too dark because i hate driving through the desert in the middle of the night kind of thing and it gets pitch black here at 5 p.m so i uh I get down there and uh, we check in real quick right away. My girlfriend works for the casino chain, so we had pretty painless check-in and everything. But then I ended up kind of just dicking around 
the local sports book next door, kind of the one in my hotel too. They're both William Hill, so it didn't really matter. But I ended up going down to the Riverside, which is the far end of the of the Riverwalk. And I think it's the first hotel in Laughlin. It's the Don Laughlin's Riverside. I believe Laughlin is named after Don Laughlin. So that guy must be the most badass of all basses, badasses. Because like, right, it's like, right, there's a trailer park in between the Hotel Aquarius, where I was staying, and the Riverside next door. So it's like, or like, a, or, excuse me, an RV park. You know, it's not permanent. It's more right. temporary. So you get down there, and uh, dude, I make my way to the sports book there, and it's a, it's like almost a sports book. Like you would love this more than anything, because like there's a bunch of old, like photo, like, like like paintings of like Babe Ruth and all these guys, but all the faces on them are like I guess they tried to make them look like the artists. <laughs> so it's like the faces are all wrong. <laughs> all these like it's all these like famous athletes, like yeah, like Babe Ruth and Muhammad Ali and all these dudes, but they don't look like them. Except you, it's obvious who they are based on the 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 paint. It's 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 really fucking funny, dude. I love that. I love that because it's just the, the there's the whole probably you start looking at it from like the cleats up, and then you get to the face, and you're like, oh yeah, cool, but what? What? Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> what were they trying to do here were they bad at faces yeah no and like so like all the like Babe Ruth Muhammad Ali fucking what was the other like Joe, I think there was a Joe Namath one I want to say they all look the same dude Ray Nitschke they all look the same <laughs> but then down on the other end because like you know most sports books are where ha- they, they nowadays like one half's for racing and the other half's for sports and so right. on the racing half dude they have like a full on shrine to like secretariat and then Lafitte Pinkay Jr. It was pretty cool. That's that's kind of awesome. That is, I I like uh you know got like a race book that know, you know knows its history has has a little little memorabilia behind it and stuff and that's but by the way Don Laughlin I'm gonna guess like he somehow like I don't know he took down like some cattle rustlers and tuberculosis <laughs> yeah, all at dude. once and that's how he got a town named after uh I I think it was at the riverside I can't remember if it was there or somewhere else but I took I found this weird little lounge no it was somewhere down the way I think it was the pioneer but I found this weird little I might have been even Harris I found this weird little lounge and I took a picture of it. I'll post it to the Instagram on the show that's at Luxops pod Instagram um but dude it was just like a bunch of like 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 old gunslingers just like it looked like the fucking magnificent seven just a big painting of them <laughs> in the middle of a sports book <laughs> yes I'm like, I, that is some badass cowboy shit right there dude yeah man it's just like the the you knew who the alphas were in that situation and they were 100 percent wearing turquoise oh yeah dude i mean dude that it, it was incredible. Like it really was. Like so. Like because like I don't know. They they just decorate differently down there, and a lot of the places are still decorated like they were like in the seventies and eighties. Right. So like you know most of the old Vegas spots have shut down, and even the ones that are still there they've renovated. So I feel like if you want to get a vibe of that old greasy Vegas, Laughlin's actually the place to get it. That's the that's the kind of that's that's what I'm into. That's what I would love. Yeah, like me and me and XFL Jim gotta go to Laughlin, like oh, yeah. some rascals, and just have a have a weekend. Dude, I'll tell you what, you guys, because there's no direct flights there or anything. So if you guys fly out to Vegas, I'll drive us down there. That's I mean, I, I love being chauffeured too. So that that's definitely my wheelhouse. Yeah, because it's only an hour and a half drive. It's not far, and it's an hour and a half drive through the desert where. You drive through Searchlight Nevada, which 
there's this casino out in the middle of nowhere. It really, I was telling you about it, like when we were messaging this, this weekend, but it was like, it really looks like the place you stop in a horror movie that where everything goes wrong. <laughs> like, right. Hey, I got a flat, you know, is there a phone here? I could call anything. It just <laughs> immediately goes to shit. Someone rapes you. Like it gets bad quick. Like next thing you know, you're playing, you're playing roulette for your life. Yeah, dude. It's literally the scene from the deer hunter where there's just the Russian roulette fucking tournament going off in the back room. Like, that is awesome. But dude, it looks like, cause it's got that awesome, you know, that like old sixties, like stone facade yeah 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 it's got that and it's called the cal nev airy casino uh, so it's, it's like a and it's not really a casino it's not really a casino dude it's a video poker bar a lot of that's a trick out here a lot of places do they call themselves jackpot Joni's casino it's just you know 20 video poker machines and and a drunk bartender that's that's yeah yeah i'm waiting for for the downside to come in <laughs> yeah so well okay so i get to in saturday night laughlin i go to the river lot i i, I hit like kind of one end of the river walk one night and then the other end on the other night because it's kind of sucks because the colorado bell which was always one of my favorite spots is shut down right now and so the river walk shut down you used to be able to walk from one end to the other but now you kind of got to take the river taxi around the bell which doesn't completely suck, or you can walk around on the other end, but River Taxi's only five bucks, and you get to hop on a boat, and the, the guy does his little shtick where he, he tells you all the cool stuff and all the different places that you're going to be driving by and stuff. So. Man, you're, I'll tell you what, you're, your Saturday beat my Saturday because <laughs> I spent mine riding to Iowa watching the Arkansas-Alabama game on like the CBS Sports app, uh, tweeting confidently but losing my mind. Yeah, uh, that must have been a rough one. one. Yeah. Well, the River Lodge would have been a fantastic place to soak that <laughs> <laughs> to absorb that L. Yeah, man. The River Lodge used to be the River Palms down there, so I went to there back in the day when it was that. I've been there before, but now that it's the River Lodge, it's basically a complex of four, like so these video poker mini casinos that are all over here in Vegas. I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It's basically a super complex with four of those in it. So one of the biggest chains out here is Dottie's. There's Dottie's video poker bars, restaurants all over. Um, so they got a Dottie's in there. Then they got a Bourbon Street. Now they're a very popular chain out here. It's basically a Mardi Gras themed uh, bar, right? Sure, sure. And then you got the Red Dragon, which is like a Chinese themed bar. Like video yeah. poker. That's on the downstairs level. And then also on the downstairs one, I can't remember the name of it. It was like, because I, I haven't seen that chain out here in Vegas. But it's like a Mexican video poker bar. So, hey, do you want the Mardi Gras, the Mexico experience, the the Chinese experience, or just the good old-fashioned pioneer lady fucking gambling parlor? Like they... I'm going straight to the opium smoke in the basement <laughs> of the Red Dragon. <laughs> dude, so, so, like, they have that, but, like, dude, the whole open, like, it's almost like a food court. So these things are, like, one on each side, and then downstairs, there's, like, kind of each have their own separate room. But then all in the middle, it's like a huge wide open area and they got pool tables and all kinds of shit. The fucker like arcade games, like everything. It's fucking awesome. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. I, I would imagine that like a like a like a small little pool hall, like in that sort of place would be jumping. I think I was just sharing with you my love of the color, the color of money. So yeah, I'm dude. automatically attracted to those places and uh, I'm terrible at shooting pool. Yeah, so do I. I suck. But yeah, th- there is a charm to that kind of spot. Well, the, the the spot I really liked in there, though, was the general store, which 
it was a huge, huge, like almost like a gro like supermarket size, like a mini supermarket kind of thing. Yeah. And it was right like and I'm used to playing casino prices, you know, for like fifteen bucks for a pack of smokes or a lot of times to avoid bar prices, I will go get like a twenty four ounce tall can in the gift shop at a casino. And that usually run you about seven bucks. Dude, it was cheaper than my local liquor store prices in this general store in this casino, dude. Oh, that's a win. Yeah, I pay, I paid like six bucks for a pack of smokes. I paid uh, seven bucks, and I got my girlfriend a, a refillable fountain drink, and then myself two tall cans. So I, I I really couldn't beat the the deals that they had going on in there, dude. And with the old west theme of it being a general store, you also got like holsters for for the tall cans. So I you can just, they like, Yosemite, yeah, Sam, your tall boys. Oh, big time, dude! Like they got all that shit dialed in over there, and you can get like the Laughlin lifeguard shirts and stuff. Those are a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> walk out to the river and be like hey everybody you're safe i'm here <laughs> just be cool just be cool don't panic that's the key all right but saturday i saw one of the most degenerate fucking things i've ever seen in my life at the sports book and i got up pretty early saturday after not late night. i mean not pretty early but pretty early for a, after a late night of drinking i was up like 7 30 or so and I went and got some breakfast and then headed over to the sports book and started, uh, you know, betting horses and getting my uh, college football action in for the day and basketball action. Well, right at the moment, I want to say it was still in the first quarter, if not like the very, very beginning of the second quarter of the Ohio State Michigan State game where Ohio State went up 28 nothing like right away. Uh, this guy I've never met before in my entire life. Just comes walking up to me like 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 he's on a mission like he can like he can sense the degeneracy coming off me kind of thing, <laughs> and he comes walking up to me and he's like, "Dude, fucking Michigan State is plus thirty seven and a half money line or uh, live right now." He's like, "At minus one fifteen, that's the greatest bet I've ever seen in my life." And he just starts emptying his pockets and finding every little bit of cash that he can put together to go put this ticket down. And I was like, holy shit, dude, that was fucking Oof. like, uh, and then immediately within like four minutes after that, it was already 42, nothing. <laughs> it was like, like you blink, <laughs> blink in Ohio State's back in the end zone a couple more times. And cause I mean, that game was just a fucking bloodbath. And so I'm sitting like, and then as the fucking day starts going by, like, and I mean, the morning starts going by because that's early in that game. And, you know, college football games, usually about four hours long, especially on those big ones where they're milking the, the advertising for all they can. So right. these other two guys, and they're, you know, younger than me. I'm in my early 40s. These guys are probably in their late 20s, early 30s. And they're next to me. And, and I could tell we have a lot of the same action. So I start like bullshitting with them. And then I see that guy. Uh, I, 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 I say, I'm all, dude. Like, I see that guy come over to them. Or, no, no, no. I, I first I say, I'm all, hey, do you see that guy over there? Because they were talking to him all. Dude, that guy just came up to me and said, all that, and they start laughing their ass off. I didn't know this at the time, but I guess they knew the guy. Okay? Oh, no. So I, I'm under the impression these are all complete strangers still, right? So at the, what, about <laughs> three minutes left, Ohio State's up like 56-7, and he's clearly not covering that fucking plus 37 <laughs> and a half. <laughs> He, I shit you not, he walks over to these two guys and he just goes, hey, are you guys going to Vegas tomorrow? And they look like, maybe. And he goes, well, I got $275 in chips at the El Cortez. I'll give them to you right now for $250. <laughs> Which, dude, 
Like, come on. Just don't bet Michigan State live, you dumb jagger. Like, yeah, dude. It, excuse me? I don't know. Just, just, I just watched, like, the game cast, because I was traveling. I just watched the game cast on my phone of the first quarter on that one, and I kind of knew that that just wasn't going to go my way. Like there, there was not that it was not going to just suddenly, you know, turn around and and be Michigan State's. Uh, sorry, my relative's house, and they still have a landline. Um, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> uh, but you, you kind of had to figure out that this this one was uh, not gonna not gonna turn around for Sparty. No, and the thing was with that game was I actually fucked up because I meant to bet Ohio State, and I got sidetracked with horses and other shit in the morning, and and getting like like nine a.m. drunk. Where I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to get that betting. Because I actually liked Ohio State in that one. Because I had been right. following Michigan State long enough where I'm like, dude, they're like a one loss. They're a smoke and mirrors one loss team right now. Like they, they right. should have probably lost to Nebraska in that overtime game. Like there's so many of those that they probably should have lost. It's like, I just feel like this is the Ohio State statement game. But I was not expecting a 49 point win. I was like, <laughs> I got. I figured they'd I, cover that 19 and a half or whatever. I thought that was interesting. I thought it was going to be like, 49 28 something like that i often am blinded by my just unbridled hate for ohio state at yeah. all times <laughs> and i you know that game i kind of thought i actually i liked michigan state in that one i kind of thought it was like a styles make fights kind of kind of scenario where maybe you know kenneth walker the third could could run the ball and they could milk yeah, that he, thing out but yeah like, they have to shorten the game by running the ball with him like that was the whole angle on that for them yeah instead it looked like you know like Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld just going <laughs> shocking on fucking Baghdad. That's how that kind of ended up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just that was just the Halliburton special, dude. They just came yeah. steamrolling through, obliterating yeah, I, everything in sight. I, I went over to FoxNews.com and it was just like it was just explosions all over the place on you know over over uh, East Lansing is I think how it went down. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy how fast they jumped up on them. There's some great football this past weekend. Though. Well, my great UCLA football. Bruins, I gotta say, they fucking kicked some ass in the crosstown rivalry game against SC. Love to see it. Love to see Chip running up the score there at the end too. Like the players knew it. Like they got disrespected last year fucking come out and prove something uh i was saying towards the end there i was like i hope they fucking go for two on this next foot and then score a couple more it went 63 33 and this is when it was like kind of close still and then yeah. it ended up at 62 33 and this guy heard me had been hear me say that he's like i kind of want to give you a hundred bucks right now just for almost <laughs> exactly predicting the score <laughs> you know i've hated chip kelly for so long that like it's kind of like a Hatfield McCoy thing. Like I don't even remember why I hate Chip Kelly anymore. <laughs> Did he I, run I it up when he was at Oregon against Arkansas or something? And we never even played. Like none of my teams have ever played against any Chip Kelly team ever. But for some reason, I don't know. I don't know. It's just been it's been so long and it's so baked into my DNA. Well, um, when he was in the NFL, I used to call him Chip Shit, and of course. <laughs> Like that karma was going to come back and bite me and have him take over my beloved Bruins. Like that, of course, that's going to happen to me when course, I give a guy a perfect nickname like Chip Shit, and then I can't, <laughs> I can't really do it. The funny thing about that game to me too was Bill Plasky, L.A. Times writer, who's just a fucking garbage dick bag, and he's also on uh, Around the Horn on ESPN. Around the Horn, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's always got the hor worst takes ever, and his stuff in the L.A. Times. I've read him for years, and like you got to remember, L.A. Times that sports desk, like the, the the opinion desk was manned for years by the like Hall of Famer Jim Murray, 
who was one of the greatest sports writers of all time. And then so when Plasky came in, it was just kind of like, oh, God, that's fucking hack. And he's been there for fucking 20-something years now or whatever. But uh, he wrote in an article, like, literally the second the game was over, that UCLA still needs to fire Chip Kelly. And it's like, dude, they're going to be 8-4 and this year. Like, yeah, it's taken them a couple years to build it up. But, like, this is, like, look at, like, Dabo Sweeney. Like, like, look at coaches like that where, like, we, we know Chip Kelly has done it before at Oregon. But when you look at some coaches, it's like, I th- I really think you should give most guys, like, seven, eight years. And, uh, and two- I, Yeah, what, I, I agree. I completely agree. It's like so people people completely underrate, like, the, the value of uh, stability in one of those programs. So, like, if you just – you you lock yourself into a cycle, like, until you find the messiah, basically, if you, if you just keep firing coaches every two, three years. Yeah, yeah. You, you never go anywhere. Uh, you never really develop a true identity because the whole thing is the next guy's got to come in and tear it all down, and I'll, we're going to do things my way now. You know, it's just – Yep. Like, if you're not – like, okay, maybe after the first couple years of Chip Kelly, you could have been like, oh, man, they're losing a lot of games. But what people don't remember about his time at Oregon was he was the coordinator – offensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator for there for a couple of years. And he got to slowly implement his program without being the head guy. Right. So then when he took over, it was one of those situations where it was already in place for him. That's why he, they did much better right away when he got in there. But like in a situation like you said, I knew it was going to be year four before probably going to have a winning team because the, the cupboard was bare that he inherited. And now this team's loaded and I, I still think, that, like, I mean, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, because of COVID, still has another eligibility year next year. I don't know if he's going to use it. I mean, but I think there's something going for this program right now. Like that's what, and so, of course, that's – so it's just the fact that Plaschke wrote that article, uh, they should 100% keep – like, sign him for a five-year extension, I think. <laughs> yeah, just like a strong indication that you're headed the right direction if if you get if you're on the wrong side of a Bill Plaschke take. Yeah, well, because I remember what was it in like 1998 or something like that. It was or it was like right before the Pete Carroll era started at SC. He wrote this article about uh, um, oh no, it was right. It was Pete Carroll's first year there. UCLA started five and zero that year, and after they had beat somebody, they, I forget. I think it was Washington. He wrote this article. It's now a UCLA football town, and UCLA shit the bed the rest of that season. SC started winning, and then the Pete Carroll era like officially kicks on. Took off. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like, I mean, so the guy has had some epic blowups right in his face. So I mean, I'm hoping that continues, you know, because like fuck that guy. But it's it's funny right. to me with these like rivalry games because like, okay, you're a big Arkansas fan, so like you don't necessarily have that conference in-state rival. Right. Whereas, like, that's one thing I've always thought was the very cool about the SCUCLA rivalry is it's two Power 5 programs in the same city, which is also the second biggest city in the country. Like, New York right. does not have one Power 5 program. Chicago does not have one Power 5 program. Houston won't for a couple more years. You know, like, you go kind of go down the line you can go, okay, like start getting into big media markets. Like, okay, well, Boston College, but they're kind of a joke. You know, like, right. Like, this is the only one where these are two, like, very good historic programs that have multiple Rose Bowl wins and stuff like that. And I mean, in SC's case, shitload of national titles. So it, I'm, I'm about to seem really basic, but do you know what my favorite part of that rivalry game is? What's that? That they both wear their home colors. Yes, I love that too. And you know what? They didn't do that for a long time there. They stopped it was, doing it. It was supposed it. to be like a penalty, wasn't it? Like, yeah. For, for not wearing the, yeah. And then they finally were like, both teams were like, you know what, fuck it, we'll take the penalty. You know, like, we'll, we'll, right. we'll decline it. You know, 
if we both agree to this kind of every year or whatever which i think it's so it's so epic it looks so great on television too yeah dude and like i mean it really is the bloods versus the crypt that's what it makes <laughs> pretty fucking cool if you ask me but like no because that, that started back because they used to share the coliseum for years mm-hmm. and then ucla in 81 moved to the rose bowl yeah. So that's kind of when the practice started. And then they brought it back, I whatever, like 15 years ago or so. But it's like, I thank God they did. Because that makes you're right. It's so much better when they're both wearing the home uniform. And it's also funny watching them, like, wear the home uniforms in the Coliseum, like, running through there. like Right, right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking of myself, like, of all these. I'm a, uh, I'm a amateur historian of the blood and crip rivalry, and I'm thinking to myself of like all the USC players referring to like U- UCLA as like UBLA the entire the entire week, things like that. You know? <laughs> well, I was saying uh, I want to do a special coming up for the holidays of uh, a Christmas Carol because I heard about these crips that uh, for Christmas only decorate everything in blue. <laughs> That is awesome. <laughs> like Love a, it. a blue Santa Claus. Like, it's like, what else is a crypt going to do for all that? Like, they're not going to not celebrate Christmas, but they can't get on board with all the red. dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's just a step too far. A step too far for the holiday season. So they buy all the Hanukkah lights, all the blue. Yeah, blue yeah, yeah, lights. yeah, yeah. Dude, <laughs> there's already a market market. That's who buys that stuff. Jews and crypts. <laughs> 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 it's a, God, there's, like, there's, there's some great cross promotional stuff that's got to be out there right i'm just picturing like some old like hasidic dude like that runs like a fucking uh a store that sells all that stuff <laughs> like all these crypts coming up there and by he's just like like I, I don't know what's going on over here <laughs> <laughs> old dog great to see you again <laughs> i i don't know the the schwarzes they must be celebrating now <laughs> 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 dude like um no so all in all it was a good laughlin trip i gotta say watching that big That's... ucla game I, I realized like i was like oh fuck dude like because we'd scheduled it before i realized that was rivalry weekend and it was just one of those like oh man that's an early one o'clock game that has potential to just ruin my weekend <laughs> <laughs> did you did you ever lean into it with that one guy that wouldn't leave you alone and only talk to him about depeche mode no, he finally like found other people to bother because I was. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love your angle on that. Just so I, there's this guy who kept who came up to me and he just sees me decked out in my Bruin gear and just immediately walks up to me. And goes, "Oh, I'm from L.A. and guess what? I liked UCLA basketball, but USC football because that's the one they're both good in, and I represent all of Southern California." I was immediately like. Like, I didn't say my exact quote that I usually say to guys like that, where, yeah, guys like you usually get their dick sucked by guys and think it's not gay. <laughs> like, but <fuck. laughs> like, well, I was just like, yeah, I, and like, another guy, I was just like, yeah, I don't go for that. You got to pick a lane in the rivalry. Pick one or the other. That's it. Right. That, that's who you're with. And then he was like, oh, no. I'm like, I have way more respect for SC fans than you. <laughs> like fuck off dude and then like and then i was like trying to get that last race i was bad it was like race seven over there at aqueduct and i'm just like i'm sitting there i got my sheet out i got the phone with with the the sheet you sent me and i'm looking at it i'm just like and he just won't get out of my ear and he's and he's just going like just naming random quarterbacks that have played for both schools so he's not even like really like having a conversation just going like yeah. huh, troy aikman <laughs> remember him <laughs> <laughs> hey, Drew Rosen. Wish we could forget that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
fucking uh, uh, Mark Harmon, the guy from TV. He was a quarterback there. He's before your time. I was like, yeah, I know, dickhead. I'm like, I'm trying to get a bet in. Leave me alone. Like, I don't <laughs> want to talk to you, dude. And, like, and so finally he he took the cue. He found, and I think it was just more the other people came around. So he had, he had other people to bother. And like, because <laughs> like, he was like a yeah. big, burly, like ex, like, like Vietnam looking kind of guy. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. granted, I'm, I got, he's got, you know, he's 30 years older than me. I could take him, but still like, <laughs> I don't. No, I don't want to beat up bridge, an old man. Like just bridge that gap with the pesh mode. Yeah. So what Chase was recommending is, well, you tell everybody what you like. Just only ask him about the Depeche mode. Yeah. Only speak to him about Depeche mode and what you think about Depeche mode and your favorite Depeche mode songs. Be like, you know, personal Jesus. That one, huh? Yeah. You heard personal Jesus? I liked it better than the Johnny Cash version. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, he probably would be like, I was a roadie for them. That's because that's exactly right. he looked like someone yeah. who was probably a roadie for a lot of bands in the 80s. Like, I celebrate the entire catalog. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, like, that's my favorite band. Like, yeah, that would be your luck right there. It would be that he you just run into Depeche Mode fan a number one. Yeah. And he had like a big handlebar mustache. He looked more like a biker, but it's like. I mean, I, it would have been that would have been my luck there. And you know what, dude? Another guy came up to me. and He's like, "Hey, I'm from LA," and he said the same thing. And I just looked up at him. I was so tired of hearing that bullshit by that point in that day because this is like in the fourth quarter when we're starting to really pour it on. I was looking at him, like, "You know, we hate guys like you." <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that you evolved there and drew the line in the sand, like just right off the bat. Yeah, dude, and just. And like, and then he just like looked and like kind of like walked away all defeated. And my girlfriend and a few other people that witnessed that exchange just burst out laughing. Like, they were like, <laughs> holy shit, that was funny. It's like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's just like, get out of there with that garbage take. Like, and like, okay, in two sports towns, I, I personally think it's okay for like someone to be a Yankee and a Met fan or whatever. I mean, you can't like be like hardcore about, but you know both. But like, you can root for the other team when they're not playing yours. They play in two separate leagues. Like, I grew up an Angel fan. I rooted for the Dodgers still because I always wanted to see a freeway series in the World Series. And the only way that happens is if they're both good, <laughs> right? And so the, only, the closest thing I have to that is Little Rock. At one time, had two, not one, but two minor league hockey teams. But I, unfortunately, I don't think they ever played against each other. Oh, uh, they're like two different divisions or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which I have no idea how we managed to get two minor league hockey teams. That's amazing. But we did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, if like one's like basically like the triple A equivalent, and one's like more of a single A team, it would make sense. And they're both part of the same farm system. Makes sense to have two teams in the similar area like that. Because, like, hey, we're going to call this guy up quick, or he's going to rehab an injury, he's going to go there real quick. You know, like, there's ways to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, like, that's why, like, uh, both the Dodgers and Angels keep an Inland Empire minor league team, and that's where they send guys on rehab assignments. So it's like, if you play your cards right, you can go see these guys for, like, nothing. Rehab, come, like, go see, you know, Cody Bellinger coming back from an injury for nothing in Rancho Cucamonga. So we had the double A affiliate for um for the Cardinals for a long time. Um I wanna say they're we're like the double A affiliate for the Mariners now, but we were the double A double A affiliate for the uh the Travelers the Cardinals. 
Yeah, the Arkansas Travelers. The Travelers were an Angels team for a while there. Yes, they were. Right after right after they were Cardinals, they became a Traveler. So like you got to see like uh, Mike Trout, like Mike Trout when he was playing Double A ball. Um, yeah, that's very funny. briefly. Yeah, he was- uh, when I was a very young kid, I got to see uh, Fernando Valenzuela make a start, a standing room only like rehab start at in Little Rock. Like, that's badass, dude. Yeah, I was I was like four or five, but my dad reminds me of it constantly, and uh, <laughs> I think it was it was still awesome. You know, it's I, I still remember it because they actually had people standing on the warning track. Dude, that is so cool. I remember seeing uh, going to a Quakes game back in the day, like the early '90s, mid '90s, when they were a Padres affiliate, and seeing Derek Lee, future star for the Marlins and Cubs, when he was a right. Padres farmhand, hit two home runs in a game there. So that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. I went yeah. to, what was it, like three years ago or so? Me and my buddy went to the California League single-way all-star game up in Lancaster and had the fucking time of our lives because we brought balls and they did an autograph signing where we only were made it through the line for the one the, the North team. But you can kind of, dude, you can fucking, uh, yeah, we got I got a ball signed by the entire North All-Stars and there's a few guys that are already in the majors from that team. Oh, who knows? That could be that could end up having like three big time managers on it one day when you like think right. down the down the road. But then uh, yeah, these old timers that have been going there for every game ever were telling me about how Griffey. I was because I was looking at it, like the freeway on ramp is kind of right outside the right field fence, like right behind it. And I was like, dude, somebody could probably smoke one up onto the freeway. And then these old timers, I, I asked, I'm like, have you guys been going here for a while? Has anybody ever done that? And they're like, Griffey did it twice. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Dude. That's awesome. That's God. I, I think of like all the people who own records in the major leagues. And like, then I think of King Griffey Jr. And I think it should have been you, man. Should have been you. Yeah. I mean, injuries kind of got to him too there. Like, like he just, you know, like, but man, dude, like, it, it, it was great. I, I remember the game where his dad, him and his dad hit back-to-back home runs. That's awesome. It was, that is so awesome. Yeah, it was against the Angels. Yeah, it was fucking like 1989, I think it was, his rookie year. Yeah, it was insane, dude. <laughs> Father and son in the same lineup. That's fucking out of control, dude. Right. I wonder you if we're going we'll to... I was going to ask you if you ever think we'll see something like that ever again. I think we might, dude. I think LeBron's going to play long enough to try and be a teammate to his son. I think you're right. That's That's what I think also, is that, God, I would love to have the draft pick before the Lakers. And just snatch him up. <laughs> just, well, just snatch here's up what I bet it's going to happen, because I think he's a free agent after this year, right? He did a three-year deal with the Lakers. I think so, yeah. I think he's going to sign year-to-year contracts until his son's in the draft, and then he'll be a free agent when his son comes that out. That would, yeah, would be the way smarter way to go about and it. Then just to what I wherever he gets drafted, it's like, okay, I'm, I'll sign there as a veteran minimum. That's awesome. That's I, I that'd be that would be really cool to see. Like you, you never would like baseball. Baseball seems like like the natural way that you uh, that you would get something like that. But like then you just have a superhuman named LeBron James well, who's able to play basketball that long. Like that's the only way it's possible. What I mean, what if like, they made him like a player coach? Ooh, like a full on like a made him the like head coach. Tree Rollins. Yeah, like a, yeah, man, that well, that would work too. Um, because remember too, dude. I think Bill Russell, Bill was, Russell was yeah, was the last guy to do it, and I mean, he won a championship doing it, or two championships, yeah, I think. <laughs> like, like most of those Celtics championships were coached by Red Auerbach, but Bill Russell was the player coach for like one or two, which is fucking crazy to think about. Like, 
Oh yeah, because I think he's got he had one of those wins against the against the uh, Lakers. Yeah, um, with Will Chamberlain. Dude. Right, right. Like, like, yeah, like I mean, it was no joke. But uh, I think P. Rose was right. If I'm not mistaken, the last one to do it in baseball. That that's yeah, I think you're right. And um, I don't think you could ever really do that in the NFL or the NHL because there's just too many moving parts of lineup changes. Yeah, I I think that that makes sense. Also, like the, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like, what if you're like your player coach is the quarterback and then uh, he's rendered unconscious by say like, uh, you know, Terrell Suggs or whoever, I guess. Yeah. 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 You you know, like what happens then? Wait, who who fills in? I know you can't do it in hockey because Paul Newman did a damn good job with the Charleston Chiefs. and (laughs) (laughs) He was a fantastic player coach, dude. He knew how to motivate. He was a true players coach. Yeah. Hey, and I mean, if we're gonna talk player coaches, then I mean, Jackie Moon got the got the Flint Tropics in Dude, the eighth place in the ABA. Jackie Moon is another fucking excellent choice there. So yeah, dude. There's a there's a horse named Jackie's Warrior that that win or lose every time it, it has a result, I usually end up tweeting the gif of just the corn dogs, Jackie, <laughs> like right after it's over. But like, hey, I think David Ross could have done it. Yeah, I think you could, especially especially if you're you could be like that specialist who only catches like one guy. Yeah, you know, and, and have a, like four days off to to be like a manager one game where you're you're a catcher and manager. Yeah, like I I, I totally think like uh, I think catcher because I always think catchers make the best managers because I agree they're the only ones that are involved in literally every facet of the game from every aspect. Yeah, like positioning the defense, they have to be involved in the lineup. They have to be able to go out and talk to pitchers, like like all the little things. Like they get experience doing everything. And so yeah, oh yeah, that's that's kind of a disappointed that Mike Matheny turned out being not that great of a of a uh, of a uh, yeah, I know because he, he had the profile better. of a guy who becomes good, a guy who is a good catcher for a lot of good teams. Yeah, and, and then like, but he wasn't like a Hall of Fame catcher. Yeah, yeah, he was. I. I loved it when the Cardinals hired him as as their as their uh, manager because it meant that my Mike Matheny jersey was once again relevant like <laughs> 10 years after the fact that you rarely ever get that opportunity. Because I think the only Hall of Fame player that was really worth a shit as a manager that I can think of is Frank Robinson. Yeah. And I mean... I mean, there's guys from like, way probably like 100 years ago that I'm... And whatever. Fuck that, dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I... You know, you were talking about we're talking about like the player managers thing. Is like the, like that's the only time that really ever justifies the fact that the managers wear the exact same thing as the rest of the team. True. You know, like wear a suit. Connie Mack wrote, wore a suit. You can wear a suit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it. it I, I do think that's funny about baseball. Like managers, like I mean, like or like how like third base coaches still wear cleats and stuff <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. like you're not going in bro <laughs> here's here's your million dollar contract and here's your little costume here you go congratulations yeah. <laughs> and like I, i'll say this if i was an nba coach i wouldn't be like the pat riley rick patino armani suit guy i would definitely be more in the vein of like like george carl 
just kind of looking like Detective Andy Sipowitz. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Like wearing like a J.C. Penney's rack suit, not really giving a shit, dude. <laughs> definitely, definitely with the fly with your with the tail of your shirt coming through the fly of your pants. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Every time, dude, like, dude, I would try to I would try to pull off the Pat Riley, and I would just come off as the extremely sweaty Pat Riley. <laughs> See, in college, you can you can t- tone it down a little. I would go for the Bobby Knight fucking sweater look, dude. Like that's oh yeah, the the sweater vest. Yeah, that God. is fucking pimp, dude. That's how you knew that man was a wild card right there. Is when he came out with only part of a sweater. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. It's like oh fuck, what are we gonna do with this wild man? That's why I think uh, that's how I feel about in, in college football. Not so much with the NFL, but college football visor coaches are always more aggressive than ball cap coaches. Oh yeah. Oh no, agree one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And also, man, like as I don't know, there's something about throwing a visor that just carries more weight than throwing an <laughs> yeah. entire hat. Yeah, it's dude. like you cut that middle out of it, and then it's just got all sorts of aerodynamics. To it's it. like a frisbee, man. dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh yeah, that's that. Mm-mm. Too much drag. Too much drag with a full hat. I was saying that at the end of the UCLA game of the sports book. I'm like. Always bet on the visor coach but against the non-visor coach. That's alpha male energy right there. That's right. That's right. Steve Spurrier slamming that visor. Yeah, I mean, the turf. Spurrier started by like, dude, Lane Kiffin rocks the visor, dude. And I mean, I don't like the guy, but dude, he is very aggressive with his play calling. I mean, like, he fits the mold still, dude. Like, oh, yeah. He, uh, I, I don't, I don't believe at all that he follows the analytics. Like I 100% like think that he's, he says he's following the analytics, but he's like, let's gamble. It's I think, yeah, 15, I think he's, let's do this. I think he follows the over under and the fucking spread more than he follows the analytics. Cause he's always like, when they're like, why are they going for a field goal here? Or whatever. It's like, oh, the, the spread was at this. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, guy knows how to cover. That's a great coach right there. <laughs> the analytics told him that he's got a 75% chance of covering the spread if he goes for it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, dude, like, I mean, he's a, like, he's one of those guys that's just a supreme dick bag. But like, I mean, he knows how, I mean, he knows how to coach offense. And like, yeah. I mean, his team, dude, Ole Miss has been fucking fun to watch this year on offense. Like, they score a fucking shitload of points. Matt Corral is probably, you know, in the Heisman hunt still. I'm not quite sure. He might have a chance to really seal it, really make a case this weekend against Mississippi State. But, like, it's just one of, like, uh, I'm trying to think of another visor coach, though. Uh, God, who's the other fucking dick guy? Um, oh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Lincoln. Dude, so anything, if. I, I got to look at the fucking numbers on this. I really want to like, I'm going to make a spreadsheet because like my girlfriend actually joked with me last time. She's like, you need to make your visor coach spreadsheet, but I want to know what the percentage of over under of total over hits are when two visor coaches coach against when two visor coaches go at it. What's funny is like, she's probably like, you need to make a spreadsheet for that. Like you were like, you weren't just like, Oh, that's a fantastic idea. I'm absolutely <laughs> going to make yeah, a spreadsheet. Yeah, in that. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I could take a break from my next year's fantasy football one that I'm working on right now to start putting yeah. together some visor coach info here. Visor coach spreadsheet inbound and you better believe it's going to have some conditional formatting on it hey i gotta say that would be a fucking baller move for a called basketball coach okay come in rocking a visor no yeah basketball coaches don't wear hats 
maybe like a dude i even we're ballers if they wear it in like the uh the early 2000s like style of maybe like kind of like sideways and upside down yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude and they're wearing like just a jumpsuit dude <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah dude yeah, Jer- that's what jerry stackhouse should do he's coaching where at vanderbilt now yeah dude jerry stackhouse yeah. should just rock a visor and like a fucking track suit that would be fucking sick cha- that would be like a Louis Louis track tracksuit. Yeah. Louis dude. track suit. I mean, have yeah. you seen the the shit that Dion rocks on the sidelines for Jacksonville State? Dude, you look good, you feel good, you play good. Dude, I was watching one of their games a few weeks ago where he's just wearing like a maroon velvet jumpsuit. And it's like like <laughs> dude, I'm like, that's a coach. I mean, I'm not I, mean, I was never a Dion fan, but like that's a coach that uh, if he came into my living room, I'm signing on the dotted line. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is it? Where is it? I don't care. What yeah, is yeah. That velour? I'm in. Yeah. Oh, you're wearing a gold chain with it? Like a fucking two inch gold chain? Fuck <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm in on this, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, Coach Slick Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, I wanted to go over a couple little more things before we head out of here, but like just real quick, like I don't want to do like too long on it, but like I, I will, I love horses. You're a big horse guy. Um, I always feel with horses, my, my general strategy. So I want to get like your idea for like, for our listeners that might be going to a, a track for the first time or, or, uh, to the sports book to bet on horse for the first time, you know, a fun little way to play. And here's my, my little trick is if I don't really know anything about any of it, I always look at the morning lines and try and find a horse. that's like, that was like four or five to one in the morning line. But all of a sudden, for some reason is a 12 to one now. Cause everybody's pounding the favorites elsewhere. I always feel that's a good way to get good value because the track handicapper that came out with that morning line knows those horses pretty well and that track pretty well. And if that's the way they see it straight up, unless there's like crazy changes as far as scratches go or whatever, it's not, it's not the worst angle. Cause I feel like they're giving you free odds on that. Oh yeah. And I, I, I love to see the, that kind of, that kind of action, especially when there's a, a, a float in odds like that. And it's a, a, like a trainer that I, that I know, or it's a, a jockey that I know that's a, that's like high percentage. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Dude. You get getting them on that, on that float. Like if you're, if you're going into it and you have like absolutely zero experience, um, pay attention to, um, this is my little trick. It's pay attention to the money that's in the place pool. For some reason, I think I think the sharp money is actually shows up in the place pool the majority of the time. That's really it'll put you on. It'll put you onto some pretty good horses that that you know you hadn't looked at. Like, uh, you know, for one, if you if you see a horse that's like the the total in the place pool is like double the next closest total, like hammer that horse. Usually, that horse is a lock. Um, and the and same the goes other- for like the pick threes and pick sixes and stuff, right? Where like if that one horse in one of those is just like. Race three, the the one horse has like an obscene amount because that was the trick you were showing me this last weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's um, with uh, it's it's usually harder to do with those like longer sequences unless you can like get catch it right at the start. But like, yeah, like uh, yeah, the the money in that place pool, like the the horse that we were looking at, like I wanted to say it was like ten times what was in you know, in you know, in for the other horses in comparison. It's like, yeah, this horse is absolute lock. We got it at three to five, which I mean, it's chalky, but it's, it's a steal for a horse that should be like about like one to nine. Yeah, and, and usually I put get- like four to eight bucks win place on a horse, and on that one, I was just like, fuck this, I'm just doing twenty straight up win. Like, I'm not even fucking around here, and then I'll try and get it with the exact. And I think I got the I got the exact on that one too, so I got the second place. 
Yeah, I, I love to take like people people stick their nose up at chalk, but uh, there's one you know there are ways that you can make money using chalk, and it's like you know for one there's there's Keenum on top and like the in like an exacta or in like a trifecta or anything, or I think what you were driving at earlier was like using them as like a free square and like a pick three or a daily double or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To find value in the races around them. Yep. Because what yeah, was that one? Because uh, the on the pick the the daily double there. Paid a hundred to one with the horse that fucking finished above it, or, or something like that. Like, or the, the yeah, it was like the pick pick three for like a for a dollar pick three. It paid like a hundred hundred sixty bucks. Like, and it was like with a absolute like no doubt or mortal lock in the second one that you would expect to like take the value down. But it was a, a race that was sandwiched by by maiden special weight, so you had to think that like a, a you know a, a price was going to come in on either one of those like bookends. And yeah, that's worth it to fucking like I would like do like take six bucks. Do six of those where you have that one in the middle each time and then kind of play around with the two on the other side each time, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's, uh, it's, it's rare that you get those, those sort of like mortal locks, but it like it, when you get them, like feel free to experiment, like just make jazz, explore the space. With, with the races <laughs> <around> it. <laughs> no, cause it's, <coughs> oh man. Yeah. Allergies getting me this week. Um, <laughs> but no, like, it makes total sense when, like, there's that much, like, when it's that lopsided of money coming in. Like, that's obviously, like, not, it's it's doing that for a fucking reason, you know? Like, oh, yeah. It's it's not like on sports where you're like, oh, my God, the public's all over this underdog. I better go the other way as hard as I can. <laughs> right. Right. Sometimes you just got to, you just got to lean into it. Just treat it like a free square. Just treat it like a free square and move on. Dude, that's some of the best advice I've ever heard. All right. Um, now that we, uh, you know, Hey, I'm glad we can, I hope you guys all learned something from that. I try and be informative on this show a little in addition to all the glory hole jokes, but that's, uh, I, I am looking forward to some fucking Thanksgiving DJ action this week. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, what do you like in Thanksgiving? Um, I haven't got, let me, let me see if I can pull up some odds. Cause I haven't gotten, I was traveling with family. I haven't gotten to see any, any spreads or anything. I know there's some games that I love in terms of like, uh, I call them my foster teams. Like I run a group home for teams that no one else believed in. And they're, <laughs> I give them the support that they need to, to, you know, I gotta say, society I hate Dallas, but I like them minus eight against the Raiders. I think the Raiders are kind of falling apart right now. Okay. okay. Um, I, I like the Bears in the morning game on Thanksgiving. I like the Bears minus three over the Lions. That's not a bad. That's not a bad look either. I'm see. I'm getting into my odds right now. Yeah. I there mostly it's college games that I'm excited about. And one of them, I I really think that the Egg Bowl um, might might present some. For one, it's going to be a hell of a football game because you know Mike. Uh, uh, Mike Leach is a, a a pirate king. Oh yeah, that, that is who is to be feared. That is Thanksgiving afternoon too. I am on um, Mississippi State there already. What? Who are you on there? I I'm, I lean towards Mississippi State also. Uh, Mississippi State more than likely before I see the spread would we'll would look at them on the uh, on the money line. No, Lane Kiffin is a visor coach on the other side, but uh, Mike Leach does not. Mike Leach is such an alpha male. He needs no head, head headwear whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, he is like, yeah, he's got he's got a tattoo like a full length back tattoo of a visor. Like instead, like that's the way he handled it. Now, I mean, Mississippi State minus one minus one and a half. Like I'm all about it. Looks like there's no value really on the on the money line because like actually they're coming in the favorite here. That surprises me. Wow. Yeah, I thought Mississippi would be the favorite there, but 
I was hoping I'd be able to catch Mississippi State at like plus one fifteen there. Uh, yeah, that's huh. I'm I'm just kind of shocked here. Ooh, my other. I do like I'm Fresno. I do like Fresno against San Jose State there minus seven and a half. And afternoon. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth right there. That they're also on my um, on my uh, uh, they live in my my foster team group home as well. Dude, uh, San Jose big... State let me down this year. I was all over their win total. That's the only big boy win total I bet this year. That because uh, I bet a bunch of them, but I loaded up on a couple. That was one of them, and that's that was a fucking loss. But I hit on Texas and Miami, so I feel good about those. Um, yeah, I, I Fresno's. I picked Fresno State to actually win that conference. Um, oh, you'll hate this, but I was all over them to beat UCLA. I was so. too. I, I knew it. I refused to bet it, and then I ended up betting UCLA live because I'm a fucking drunk retard. But, <laughs> but yeah, dude. No, uh, I saw that that game coming a mile away. Because, but people don't for, forget about Fresno. Is they always play SC, UCLA, Sanford, Cal, super tough. Because they want, they feel disrespected by not being mentioned along the side of the Pac-12 California schools. So it's like, right? It's a huge right. fucking spot for them always, and th- their whole culture of that program is always, hey, we're in the Central Valley, we're disrespected. Those Southern California kids hate you. Those Bay Area kids hate you. You're special, you know, kind of thing. Like they get that they, they get them to buy in, dude. And so right. I mean, and I think that's going to play big time in this, you know, Mountain West rivalry game against San Jose State, like. So, I, and I really like them coming into the season. Like they had something like nineteen returning starters off a seven and zero team last year. And I was like, oh shit, sixty year senior quarterback, potential yeah, NFL tight end, all five starting returning starting linemen. I was like, it's on with this team. But no. So I'm guessing you can hear one of my children having a conniption fit right now. <laughs> so I just want to say that there's nothing unsavory happening over here. That is by a kid. Biden going to bed is that is that <laughs> that's is that. that what's going on there? I did not hear that. So your your mic uh, is doing a good job of not picking up the outside static. Oh, thank God, because it sounded like a, it sounded like Joe Jackson was like over here <laughs> taking care of my kids. Um, I might jump on the Saints. Uh, I might jump on the Saints money line. Um, uh, you know that one, was the one underdog I was really kind of eyeballing there for Sunday. I, I hoping that I'm hoping that they get Kamara back, and if they get Kamara back, that actually makes all the difference in the world. That helps a lot um, of my best balls too. <laughs> right, and also, I mean, I, I I just think the Bills have a lot to figure out right now. They seem kind of out of sorts with how they're. Yeah, know, how they're I really like what they're doing. I really like the plus six at home there for the Saints. Because what is it? The Bills yeah. play the Patriots next week too. So that could yeah. be a look ahead spot for them, and having to go. I mean, honestly, anytime you can get a two to one non-conference home team you should take it just like from a handicapping perspective like even if you don't necessarily like the matchup you'll win on those way more than you lose at the end of the day with the with the odds in your favor like kind of oh yeah and i want to say that the saints since they've been doing this like they're doing the uh thanksgiving day game like i i want to say they're undefeated and i over at least over the last because i don't think they've been doing. oh yeah because hey washington i just noticed washington football team is not playing on thanksgiving they normally do yeah, yeah, I, I think they've started giving the Saints like a Thanksgiving day game because I, they had. Uh, <laughs> I always thought Cowboys and Redskins every Thanksgiving was so inappropriate, dude. Like, like hey, yeah. it's Thanksgiving. Let's have the Cowboys versus the Indians. You fucking pieces of shit. Like, yeah, and during the nineties, they told the real story of Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. Whenever you know, where it ended in like a bloody massacre. Yeah. So if I'm gonna do a Thanksgiving parlay, I'm doing Bears minus three, Cowboys minus eight. And Saints money line to fucking give that thing some balls, but I 
Well, all right, here we go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Lions money line. I'm gonna go. I see. I was kind of thinking that, but I'm I'm on the Bears here. I I liked what I, just, I saw I just, last week against Baltimore. I'm, I'm gonna go Cowboys minus seven and a half, and then uh, we'll go Saints uh, on the money line, and um, we'll go Mississippi State in the points. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's some good ones. Uh, but you know what I really kind of like here though is What's a that? teaser. Lions plus nine, Cowboys minus two, Saints plus 12. There's no way you didn't hear that child scream right there. I did hear that child scream. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's okay. She's okay. Joe will teach her how to sing and dance. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, dude, no, you're like, uh, she's going to be Gypsy Rose Lee, dude, just like in uh, (laughs) going to be Mama May. Sorry about that. (laughs) But... Yeah, no, so I, I think that's some good. I, I haven't really uh, – college basketball lines aren't up for Thanksgiving yet, so um, good luck with that. There's a lot of fun tournaments this weekend and stuff. I'll, I'll probably be tweeting out a few of those picks. Uh, yeah, and then uh, what else do we got? Oh, is there any NBA that day? No, nah, I don't even give a fuck about that right now. All right. <laughs> it's almost it's almost time for I us. really don't start betting NBA until Christmas. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because like, usually I'll do a Christmas Day parlay. And then I'll start fucking around more. And like, and I, I mean, I have bet NBA already this season. I'm not fucking saying I, I don't at all. But it's like, like right now, I college basketball, college football, NFL. I'm waking up every morning looking and seeing if I'm missing something on those lines. You know, like. Right. Right. Yeah. I uh, I've been paying attention a little bit to to college basketball because it seems like you can get some just like pretty juicy dogs this time of year. You really um, can. And and one thing you got to remember in like some of these like uh, a really good one. Oh, what was it? Is it already start? I might because I might sound like an idiot if it's like getting blown out right now. But uh, um, who was it? I liked. Uh, God, who the fuck was playing Washington? Oh, South Dakota State playing Washington because it said like on the thing at Washington. So a lot of people were listing at it that was in Seattle because it's just. But it's a preseason tournament that's in Sioux Falls, so it's a home game for South Dakota, but they're listed as the road team. Yeah. And so, I'm like, literally you... an hour away from there right now. Also, I could I could make things happen in that game for you. <laughs> no need to. I really like uh, laying the five and a half there or whatever. Washington's garbage this year. You, you there know, you go. I think them and P- P- Cal will be bringing up the rear in the Pac-12. UCLA obviously looks like the front runner right now. Um, Oregon though is fucking really good. I think Arizona State's a lot better than people realize. And SC's not too bad either, so it's gonna be an interesting. As long game. as SC's got a Mobley, they'll be they'll be pretty good. They'll be decent. Yeah, I agree, yeah. dude. Are they related to Coutinho Mobley, the former guard from the NBA? And uh, God, I can't remember where he played college ball, like Wake Forest. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're. Rel- I mean, they're definitely not like his kids, but because yeah. because uh, <laughs> what their dad was on the was on the coaching staff at, at USC. Okay, think, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know if he's if he's like an uncle or, or anything like that, though. Cause like a, I wonder if he's a. It could be Mobley from the Jungle Book. We just don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's not like NBA referees where every single one of them is related to each other, <laughs> right? Right. Where they're all cousins and nephews and fucking brother-in-laws, and it's like, what the fuck? Well, that's not normal. Yeah, this doesn't seem like the mob. And anyway, yeah. hey, St. Mary's is taking it to Oregon right now. As it, just as I was saying, I think they're really good in the Pac-12. That's you never know with college basketball. But, dude, Chase, thank you so much for joining the show. Where can people find you at? 
I'm always I'm always abrasive on Twitter at of Oakland. That's O F and the word Oakland. Uh, you can usually find me in this big galoot XFL gym uh, together. Uh, do we got a couple shows that we do with uh, Better Than Vegas, um, the gymnasium? You can find that on uh, Spotify, on um, you know anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, and then, uh, well, my horse racing show is wrapped up for the year, but I hopefully got some got some stuff coming next year with that. Dude, uh, you know, growing up, I used to uh, the day after Christmas, I used to go to Santa Anita almost every year for uh, awesome. for opening day of Santa Anita. Yeah, and like I, I'm kind of hoping maybe I don't think I'll be able to do it then. But I remember Martin Luther King Day, okay, in January of 1992, was the first time I went to the track with my grandparents. That's awesome. That is awesome. We have a we have a pretty bumping President's Day here at Oakland. So I kind of want to do go do a live episode from Santa Anita coming up this season. I don't know if I'll be able to make it work. There's some logistics involved and blah, blah, blah. But hopefully I can. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check out Chase and Jim's shows. Good stuff coming out of there. I was just on their Picks Porch a couple weeks. Like, what was it, like two weeks ago or whatever? I think so, yeah. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Um, and make sure you follow the show. At Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also make sure you go to, if you want to support, you know, you can always do the MyBookie link. But if not, just leave in a five-star review and a little, you know, like leaving a nice comment there. That always helps. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything to do. And um, uh, there's one more thing I kind of wanted to plug. Oh, I got a fantasy football playoff contest coming up that I will be p- plugging. It's in the works right now. And that's a lot of fun. You, dude, have you ever done those before? I'm not. You pick 12 guys out of the 14 teams, but you can't pick more than one guy from each team. Ooh. And it's a cumulative, a cumulative total points thing, and you get double the points for whoever's in the Super Bowl. Ooh. So ideally, you want to get like a starting quarterback and a starting running back or whatever that's going to be facing each other in the Super Bowl kind of thing. That's... I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's on the FFPC stuff. They have the $200 main event, and the jackpot for that's $500,000. And then there's the $35 one where it's like the jackpot's like $150,000. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Interested. It's pretty cool. I'll I'll have a promo link for that coming up where you'll get 25 bucks off. So, yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. I I am super into that shit, dude. Like, uh, because it's it's weird because, like, at the same time, you're like, okay, well, this guy, you know, I only expect him to go out in the first round, but I expect him to go big in that loss. Kind of, you know, like, like there's a weird strat, like game theory to it because obviously you want the guys, your highest scoring guys, to be going the furthest, kind of thing. It's kind of, yeah, man. But there's no draft or there's no uh, budget for it, so that I mean, that's just, you just can't have more than one guy from each team. That's basically the only stipulation. So it's pretty that's cool. cool. That's really cool. And uh, anybody got funny stories or any weird gambling action coming up this Thanksgiving that you want to let us know about? Email the show, the Lux Stops Here podcast at gmail.com. Where I haven't got a funny email in a while, and I was getting them for a while there. And, you know, you guys are kind of slipping there. So get that going. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. God bless you and keep gambling. <laughs>